everybody. Welcome once again to our Healing and Deliverance Discipleship Ministry. This is um, the Wailing Women on the um, platform of Spiritual Conversation um, with Minister Mercy. So you are all welcome once again. Today we're going to do our fourth session on the Healing and Deliverance Discipleship Ministry. And the reason we do these um, sessions is to learn um, a bit more about deliverance, healing and deliverance, because that is also part, part and parcel of um, Christianity. So at the moment, we've been going through the, um, the, the, um, the creation of man, the soul, the spirit, the soul, and the body. We have done that from our previous session, and you can access that on our podcast. Thank you. So today we are going to do session four, and the title of today's um, session is Man as the Holy Temple of God. Man as the Holy Temple of God. So as we know, as we have read in the scriptures, in the wilderness, God instructed Moses to build him a tabernacle, a tabernacle. The Hebrew word for tabernacle is uh, mishkan, mishkan, which means dwelling or a place of dwelling, a place of dwelling. So God literally lived within the sacred rooms of the tabernacle that was built in the wilderness during their wilderness journey from Egypt to the promised land. Wherever the Israelites camped in their wilderness journey, you know, the tabernacle was set up in the center of the camp, symbolizing the idea that God was to be the center of his people's lives. Okay, so that God was to be the center of his people's lives. In the book of um, 1 Corinthians, let's have a look at that scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Chapter 3, verse 16, which says, uh, this is Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And he says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? The spirit of God dwells in you. Okay. So Paul received the revelation in, in um, likening man to the tabernacle, Moses was instructed to build, you know, God gave him instructions to build in the wilderness. So like how God dwelt in the tabernacle, in the wilderness, so the Holy Spirit dwells in man today, okay? So the way the Spirit of God dwelt in the tabernacle that Moses built in the wilderness during the journey, the Israelites' journey to their promised land, is the same way the Holy Spirit dwells in man today. So what, um, <clears throat> what Paul did in this scripture is by comparing man to the temple, okay? Even the temple they, they built uh, when, once they entered the promised land, like the, like the temple uh, Solomon built for God, the first temple, as well as the second temple. So we can see how the three parts of the tabernacle built in the wilderness and its objects symbolizes the three main parts of man and its functions as well, and its functions. For example, we have the outer court 
of the tabernacle, which symbolizes the body. It symbolizes the body. And then we have the holy, the holy place, which represents the soul. And then we have the holy of holies, which symbolizes the spirit of man. Okay, so now we're going to have a look at how the tabernacle in the wilderness functioned, how it functioned. We know the tabernacle was divided into three parts. And as we just said now, the first of them, the first is the outer court, which is seen by all and visited by all the worshippers, by all the worshippers. Okay, all the external activities include the people's worship is offered here. The people offer their worship on the, at the outer court. Then the next section is the holy place. Here, only the priest can enter here. They present the oil, the incense, and the bread to God. Although they are near to God from here, yet not the nearest, for they are still outside the veil outside the veil, and therefore unable to stand before his holy presence. They can't, when you're in the holy place, you're not actually standing in the presence of God because there's a, a veil that divides the, um, the holy place and the holy of holies. Okay, so the veil separated the holy place from the holy of holies. God dwells deepest within the holy of holies where darkness is overshadowed by bright light and into which no man can enter. No man can enter. Although the, um, the high priest did enter in once a year, this, um, this showed us that before the work of Jesus, before Jesus died on Calvary, before the veil was torn um, from top to bottom, there can be no man in the Holy of Holies. There can be no man in the Holy of Holies. So as we said before, man is now God's temple. Man is now God's temple. Also, he, you know, he also has three parts. As we looked at in our previous session, where we examined this, uh, the spirit, the soul, and the body of man. So the body, now we're going to have a, a examine how man's body can be, um, you know, uh, uh, compared with the tabernacle in the wilderness. The body is like the outer court, occupying the external position, which is life, you know, is life is visible to all to see. Is life is visible to all to see. Okay. And you remember in the temple, the, the outer court is where the sacrifices are done, where the, the you know, the the, the, the cows, the bulls are sacrificed for their blood to cleanse the people's sin before they can then, you know, um, before God can then forgive them. So it's the same thing in our, um, in our body now. Jesus' body is what represented the sacrifice that was presented for the whole world. Remember what John um the Baptist said when he was uh, introducing Jesus to his disciples, he said, you know, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus' body represented the sacrifice 
that was um, the, the Jews used to do in the outer court. So our body now, with, you know, with the external body of man, we ought to also obey every commandment of God. This is what Romans chapter 12, verse 1 tells us, you know. He's telling us, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, which is your reasonable service. You see, we don't need to present our bodies anymore as a sacrifice, as a, a dead sacrifice, because Jesus has done that for us. Jesus has done that for us. But the scripture is telling us we still need to present our body as a, a holy instrument, you know, as a holy instrument for God to use for his service. So we still need to, you know, with our will, present our whole body, our mouth, our hand, our feet, our eyes, and present it to God. I say, God, here, I'm here, use me, okay? Just like uh, in the book of um, Isaiah, when God, when Isaiah had that vision of the Lord in his uh, throne, and he heard the conversation when God was asking, who can we send? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. So this is what the scripture is saying to us, that we should present our body as a living sacrifice for the services of God, okay? For the services of God. Because we don't need to present, we don't need to offer dead sacrifices anymore because Jesus has done that for us, okay? So Jesus presented his body as a substitute sacrifice and died for mankind. God does not require any more blood sacrifices, okay? God does not require any more blood sacrifices. Jesus has fulfilled that part of the law. Remember, the, the law said, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin, okay? So Jesus shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sin, but now we are not required to present any blood anymore, but we are still required to present our body as a living sacrifice, not as a dead sacrifice, no more dead sacrifices, okay? So Jesus had fulfilled that part of the law. What God is now asking us to do is to present our own bodies as a, a living, as a living, not dead sacrifices to him. So he can use us for the service of his kingdom here on earth. So he can use us. So that's the outer court, which is where our body represents, that, that symbolizes our body. Then we are coming now into the inner court. The inner court, the holy place, which represents man's soul, okay? So this represents man's soul, contains man's emotions, free will, the, our reasoning faculty, and our intellect, and our intellect, okay? Like, um, you know, when a, a regenerated, born-again believer has his, um, his soul becomes like a holy place for God. So this is um, like when we become born again, your, your, your soul is now a holy place, a holy place for God. You know, his love for God, his will and thoughts are fully enlightened fully focused on God. So how does our soul become like the holy place in the, uh, in the physical tabernacle? It becomes like a holy place when you have learned 
to renew your mind, to allow the light of God to enter into these areas of your mind, like your, your reasoning faculty, your, um, your intellect, your emotions, your free will. And how do we do that? We do that by allowing the words, by meditating on the word of God. Remember this scripture, we always quote this scripture, you know, um, Psalm 119, verse 130, where it says, the entrance of your words bring light. So where is the, where is the light of God entering? It is inside our soul, which in a, a sense represents the holy place in the physical tabernacle. Okay, so as I said, and you know, when we fully allow God's love to enter our soul and our thoughts, we are fully enlightened, you know. And once we focus on God, His thoughts are, and we are obeying and serving God, even as, as the priest of the old did. So, you know, as the priest of the old did, they served God in the holy place. They served God in the holy place. So because our free will is in the soul, if we, with our free will, agree to then present our body as a living sacrifice, then we'll be able to serve God as the priest of old did, okay? As the priest of old did. So in the tabernacle, in the wilderness, the, the innermost part of the tabernacle lies behind the veil. Okay, there was a veil. Remember at the crucifixion when Jesus died, when his spirit left the body, the veil in the um, temple was ripped from top to bottom, from top to bottom. Okay, so in a way, removing because his um, his he, the, his body have now been shed, has been the blood has been shed from his body, representing what the priest used to do in the outer courts, so the sins of the people will be cleansed for that year. Okay, so Jesus have done it now for the whole of humanity. So there'll be no more um, living sacrifices. So that was why the veil was removed. The sin, that veil represented the sin that was between man and God. So when Jesus died, the veil was removed. Okay, so the Holy of Holies into which no human light has ever penetrated. That veil was then removed. So it is the, the sacred place of the Most High. That is that Holy of Holies. It's the sacred place of the Most High. That is where God dwelt. That was the dwelling place of God. Okay. So it cannot be reached by man unless God is willing to rent the veil. Unless God was willing to rent the veil between the holy place and the holy of holies. This was done at Calvary. Okay. So this was done at Calvary, as we have just explained. So the holy of holies represents man's spirit. It represents man's spirit. This spirit lies beyond man's self-consciousness. Okay. It lies beyond God, man's self-consciousness. Remember when we did the, the three parts of uh, man, we said that the spirit is God conscious. And then the soul itself was self-conscious and the body was world conscious. So now 
that the veil has been removed, man's spirit now represents the dwelling place of God. So this is where uh, man's spirit becomes God conscious. Okay, so this is this means that with with um, self with man's um, spirit, we can now connect with the spirit of God. So this is what happens when you become born again, your, your, your old spirit that has been living in darkness has now been regenerated, okay? You're given a new life. You see that we, you see that we have a, a new spirit. The Holy Spirit regenerates our spirit and gives us a new spirit. So once you have gotten your new spirit, then, and you become baptized in the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God then comes and dwells in your own spirit, in your own born again spirit now. So that is how you become God conscious. Because before that spirit was in darkness, it had no consciousness of spirituality. So all the things, all the impulses and uh, consciousness it was receiving was coming from the world and not from the realms of the spirit. Unless that person is in the old court and practicing witchcraft and also, but that but they're still in darkness anyway. Okay, they're still in darkness. Okay, so with our with our um, regenerated um, spirit, this is where man now communicates with God. Okay, so this is where the spirit of God now comes and dwells. So in the tabernacle in the wilderness. There was no light provided for the holy of holies because God dwelt there. God was his own light there. Like in the, in the, um, in the um, holy place, they had light. You know, they had the, the seven um, candlesticks that was providing light in the holy place. But in the holy of holies, there was no light there. Because God was providing the light for himself. However, in the holy place this year, as I said, the seven lampsticks provided its light. The outer court stands under the broad daylight, you know, the outer court, just like your body. Your body is in the um, daylight. So the tabernacle served as uh, images and shadows to a, a, a genuine born again believer. Okay. So like the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, we can use it to represent the genuine born again believer's whole body. That is, you have your body, which represents the outer court, and then you have your soul, which is the inner holy place, and then you have the holy of holies, which is your spirit where God now dwells, okay? So in a way, we don't need to build tabernacles for God anymore. We don't need to build all these massive cathedrals and all these things where we build and call it church and go in there. You know, God is supposed to be dwelling in us. We are supposed to be the tabernacle of God, carrying the spirit of God everywhere we go. Okay. So everywhere we go, people are supposed to see the glory of God, the light of God, uh, you know, just uh, zooming out of us. This is why the Bible tells us that we are the light of the world, okay? Because if you are the living tabernacle and you're carrying the spirit of God and you know the spirit of God dwells in light, it dwells in light. So as you're moving about, 
people should, you know, sense the presence of God in you, the presence of God in you, the presence of God. So the tabernacle serves as images and shadows to a genuine born again believer. Okay. His spirit is like the holy of holies, you know, indwelt by God. It is here in the spirit is where everything is carried out by faith. Everything is carried out by faith. Okay. So it is beyond the sight, that is the, the eye, and the reasoning, that is the senses, and you know, understanding of the born-again believer. What that means is uh, a genuine born-again believer, because you have the Spirit of God in you, you don't live by the impulses that are coming from the outside world through your outer court and then into your uh, holy of pla- holy place, which is your soul. And then you filter it into your spirit. No, what you live by now is the impulses you're getting from the realms of the spirit. Your communication should be coming from the realms of the spirit, heavenly father, the heavens. And as you receive from the heavens, you are then supposed to transfer it to your soul and then to your outer court into the world. But what, what do we see that is happening? A lot of people, a lot of Christians, they live by sight and not by faith. Okay, They live by sight and not by faith. And when you live by sight, you have nullified faith. You have nullified faith and you have, you know, you have made the spirit of God in you incapacitated. That's the reason we have lukewarm Christians, you know, lukewarm Christians. No, there's no life. There's no God's life in them. But if you are a passionate Christian and you're living by faith, you're receiving from the realms of the spirit, the spirit of God is is leading you, is telling you how to live your life, you know? You won't be impacted by the things you see in the world because you're living by faith. You're not living by sight. You're not living by sight. So this is how we can compare our body with the tabernacle God instructed Moses to build in the wilderness, in the wilderness, okay? So let's let's summarize and see if we truly understood what um, we have um, discussed, okay? So let's summarize our comparison of the physical um, temple, the tabernacle in the wilderness to the body of a believer being the temple of God, okay? Remember the scripture we read where Paul said that don't we know that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Okay, so as we have learned, the soul resembles the holy place that is in the physical tabernacle, in the physical temple, the area enlightened with many rational thoughts, you know, precepts, uh, you know, like what we have just said now, what controls this, our inner self is the light that should be coming from heaven, not the things, the impulses that is coming from the outside world, okay? So if we live by the things 
that is coming from the outside world, then we are living by sight and not by faith. Okay, so what should be influencing our conduct, the way we behave and the way we act should be the light from heaven, should be the revelations that are coming from heaven. And then the Holy Spirit will pass it on to our own spirit and then we manifest it through our soul and our body. Okay, so that is what should be influencing our conduct. So this um, knowledge and understanding concerning the things and the ideas in the material world shouldn't be the thing influencing the way we behave and the way we see things, okay? Meanwhile, the body is comparable to the outer court, which we have just said, which is clearly visible for all to see. The body's action may be seen by everyone the dimensions that make up our body as a temple of God is represented in specific order, which are your spirit, your soul, and your body. Like in, in um, First Thessalonians, let's read First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, verse 23, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so what Paul is saying here is, your body as a temple of God, it should be, you know, it should be the whole part of you should be spiritualized. Nothing material should be seen in the three parts of your body. First, your soul, your, 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 your spirit is, is spiritualized because you have now um, have a new spirit. Your old spirit has been regenerated. The spirit of God is now in you, in the inner man, which is your spirit, which was the holy of holies in the old tabernacle. So that should be spiritualized. And then your soul as well, which is the holy place, should also be spiritualized. Spiritualized in the sense by being sanctified you know because the soul is the area where all the strongholds all the things you have been believing previously before you became a born again christian this is the area where the devil has influence in your life okay so before you became born again the influences of the world the things you have believed the things that impacted your life are also are, are stored in your soul, in your mind. So it's in your subconsciousness, all your bad habits, all the nasty habits you have formed that influences the way you think and the way you behave is all in your soul. So those things have to be removed. Those things have to be removed before the influences from the heavens can actually pass through your soul to impact your outside world. So if you don't, 
allow your soul to be spiritualized or sanctified, whichever way you look at it. <coughs> what you're having, what you're getting in your spirit will not pass through your soul to affect your outside world. So this is what Paul was saying. That, uh, you know, that your whole spirit, soul and body should be found blameless. If you're, if like your spirit can be found blameless, but your soul, your soul can be, can have some issues with it. You know, you know, the difference between our soul and the, the spirit. The, the regeneration of the spirit is not under our own will. God does that for us. That is part of his grace, okay? His grace is, uh, grace actually means the, the love of God working in our heart. That's what it is. The love of God working in our heart, bringing us into the knowledge of him. That's what the grace actually is. So that part that part in our spirit, God does that. That is where his grace works, starts working in our life. But our soul, because our soul is under our free will, we have to freely agree to bring it under the leadership of Jesus before our soul can be spiritualized and sanctified. Okay, so this is the hardest part. This is the hardest part. And this is what people do not understand. They think that God does everything. God does, God does not do everything. He, he gives you his grace, which starts which start working in your spirit. Okay. And then after that, now it is up to you, up to you to freely, with your free will, start working on the sanctification of your own soul. Okay. So this is the reason why God says the soul that sin will die. He didn't say the spirit. He says the soul because your free will is in your soul. So it is in your free will. It's with your free will you chose to do what you did to do. So now it is in, up to you to also use your free will to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and allow his spirit to clean that your soul out for you. So this is what Paul is, was talking about, that he's hoping that when Jesus comes, they will find all your three parts, your spirit, your soul, and your body, blameless, okay? He doesn't want to find things from the kingdom of darkness in your soul or find any sickness and disease in your body which is as a result of sin. So, so he wants us fully healthy and whole and living in divine health. That is what blameless means. That is what he meant by that scripture. Okay. So the spirit is the most uh, important part. It is the most important part of the three parts of man. This is um, why it is mentioned first. It is mentioned first. The body is the lowest part of man. Therefore, it is mentioned the last. And the soul stands between the body and the spirit. Okay. So even in the tabernacle, you find that the outer court 
which represents, which our body represents, is the one outside, is the one where everybody can, you know, can mingle about and do things. So it's our outer court, our body that is in the world that has impact of the influences of the world in it. So our body is the lowest, it's not really, it's not clean. Okay, so the, the soul stands between this, the body and the spirit. And uh, having seen how God ordered our body, we can appreciate the wisdom in the Bible in liking man to a temple. Okay, so we can see the perfect harmony which exists between the temple of God and man in how both function and in their value. Okay, so in the tabernacle in the wilderness, the priest conducted the service according to revelations they received from the spirit of God in the Holy of Holies. Okay, so this is what we're trying to explain. Um, you know, what I've just read now, what I'm saying is uh, you, the priest, they did not conduct their service from the information they were receiving from the outer court. No, they conducted their service from the information they received from the spirit of God that is dwelling in the Holy of Holies. And that is the same thing with us. We, as the temple of God, we should conduct our life according to the information we are receiving from the spirit of God in our spirit. Okay? In our spirit. So, as we're saying, all activities in the holy place and in the outer court are regulated by the presence of God in the holiest place. This is the most sacred spot in the temple. All activities were held in the holy place, even those activities of the outer court are controlled by the spirits of, you know, of the, of, by the priest of the holy place. Yet all the activities of the holy place actually are directed by the revelations that came from the Holy of Holies, from the Holy of Holies. So it, this is exactly what I have just explained, okay? So all our life activities as born again Christians should be conducted from the information we are receiving from our spirit and not information we received from the outer court, which is our body, our five senses. Our five senses picks up the influences of Satan in this world and transfers it into our soul. And then from our soul, it darkens our soul. So that, that should not be. All our, our activities should be the way we think, the way we, we, we speak, the way we act, should be coming from the inner temple our inner spirit, and not from the outer um, court, okay? This is what Paul meant by being led by the spirit. That's what Paul meant by being led by the spirit, okay? It is not difficult to discern the spiritual application. The soul, the organ of our personality, is composed of our mind, our free will, our emotions, it appears as if our soul is the master of all our, 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 um, our activities for the body follows its direction. 
Okay. So the body follows the direction of the soul. So if your information is coming from the inner court, the holy of holies, it then passes into your soul and then your soul will direct your body on what to do and what to do. So it's not the, it shouldn't be the other way around. But what you find is the body with its five senses, his eyes, his nose, his mouth, his hand, his ears. Like let's take for example now, the ears will hear something, okay? The ears will hear something that is not quite godly. And then it passes it into your mind. Your mind processes it. Your mind processes it, what it has heard from the outside world. And then it passes it through this, the, 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 the body. And the body will then act on what it has heard. Okay. So this is what is called influence. What's, uh, 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 the reason we have ears is for substance to get into our hearing faculty in our mind. So the things we receive from the world is called substance. And what substance does is to produce an influence on you. So it's either uh, producing godly influence or demonic influence. This is what we are going to look at in our next session, in session five, okay? We'll be looking at the three gateways of man. Gateways, that is the door that are built in our body, soul, and spirit. Okay. So, um, you know, as we said, in a born-again Christian, all these three areas should be kept holy for God. And all these three areas should be controlled by the information we receive from heaven, the revelations we receive from heaven, from the word of God, from the spirit of God. So this is how we should live our life. But however, if we continue to live in sin, you know, the soul, in spite of his many activities, will then control what the you know, what the spirit is doing. The spirit should be the, 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 the strongest part of your being. The spirit, should, the, the spirit should control your soul and from there control your body. But what we see is the, the, the body with its last will give the soul information and the soul will then act on that information, will then process it and then tell the body, this is what you need to do. Instead of the information coming from the spirit, it's coming from the world. So more or less, those, a lot of uh, people are controlled by the influences of the world rather than the things from your uh, born again spirit that is receiving from the heavens of God. Okay. So the, you know, um, let me just read this last uh, sentence I've written here. I said, however, before the fall of man, the soul, in spite of his many activities, was governed and led by the spirit. And this is the order God still wants it. First, the spirit, then the soul, and lastly, the body. This is what the Bible refers to as being led by the spirit. Okay. 
has been led by the Spirit. So that is um, our session for today. We have compared the wilderness tabernacle to our body, our spirit, soul, and you know, body. So that's how it was. And this is how God wants it. God wants our spirit to be in charge because his, his own spirit is living in our spirit and the information that we should use to live our life should be coming from his kingdom, okay? And not from the kingdom of darkness. Although we are in this world, we are not of this world. We are aliens in an alien culture. We have our own culture and, and our culture information to live our life comes from the spirit. But if your soul is still clogged up, still darkened with strongholds of this world, you will still be acting from the influences of this darkened world. And the light from the kingdom of heaven will not penetrate. That's it, really. So this is why the Bible tells us that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. Okay? You have to forcefully allow the light of God to come through that soul because his soul with his free will will just do his own thing if you do not you know crucify it to the cross and say and say with your will I am going to do the things of God I'm going to allow the spirit of God to lead me and not my flesh and not the things of this world hallelujah amen amen, amen. okay that's that's the session we have today so I'm going to turn the recording off. Thanks, um, listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you.